You're listening to the Lead to Think podcast, a podcast that brings together and inspires small business owners in the salon, spa, and fitness space to be empowered in their everyday decision-making. My name is Lauren Gish. I'm best known for being a coach and strategist in small business. I'm also a salon owner in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about key strategies to keep you from being overworked, overwhelmed, and drowning in debt to being rested in control of your business and more than profitable. I'll be sitting down with industry experts and business owners that are just like you to discuss the lessons they've learned and the strategy that's helped them build and survive the roller coaster that is small business. All right. Welcome to today's episode. I want to introduce you to my friend, Karen, who's going to be joining us today on the topic of just leaving behind insecurity and embracing courage in your business. So Karen, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you? What's your business? What's your business structure? Sure, sure. So thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm so glad we get to have this conversation. I know you and I have spoken about this quite a bit and it feels good just to be kind of sharing you know, this information with other people as well and hopefully it's helpful for them. Yeah. Um, so I have been in business almost five years now in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm originally from Nashville. I've lived here since I was 10, um, moved up to New York City for about seven years and then moved back in 2005. So I've been here for a while and I've seen the city grow and change. Um, in my former life, I was a design and marketing executive for commercial textiles. And so that's what I did in New York and Chicago for quite a bit. And um, it's been interesting to have that side of my business life from the corporate side now move into something that's so much more, I guess, personal with personal care services. So I've been able mm-hmm. to transition a lot of that experience and knowledge, but there's also been a ton of growth and new experiences and information that I've had to gather. So it's been really interesting because not everything translates. No, it does not. And <laughs> <laughs> the salon life. <laughs> There's so many people that I know that it's not, it wasn't their first career. It wasn't their first choice. It was something they always kind of dreamed about and then moved into. And so it's been really fun to kind of face those new challenges with people where they're like, I had no idea that this was what this was. And I'm like, yeah, it's super fun. Very, <laughs> it's very, it's very personal. It's very close. It's, I think you, it's really hard to separate your like professional and your personal life when you're working so close with people all the time. You can't just like shut your office door and be like, I'm on a call <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. So it's so different. Um, so what type of business, do you have? What services do you offer? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, um, I was here in Nashville and I had gotten tired of the traveling lifestyle because I traveled so much for business all over the country and all over the world. I decided I wanted to stop packing and repacking my suitcase every week. And so I looked around in our city and I knew for myself, there was a nail shop that was down the street that had recently closed. And unfortunately, it was one of the only ones that I had found in the city that I felt was clean in terms of just very sanitary. And I really um, liked that. It was important to me. When I walked in, I didn't want to 
you know, be wafted with these scents of acrylic or, um, you know, just feeling like I was endangering myself while I was getting a personal care service. Um, so when that closed, I was, you know, like, well, where am I going to go in the city to get my nails done now? That was always something for me that was more important, um, for my personal self-care, just that time to take to myself. Um, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I would read like my trashy magazines and just enjoy that service. Um, and that was really important to me. I missed that. It was way beyond just like what color I picked for my nail polish. So I saw that there was room in the marketplace for a service like that. I knew I wanted it and my friends wanted it. And I thought that that might be something that the other women in Nashville would enjoy as well. So I started in 2015 with nail services and then I brought on sugaring services about six months later. And then that same year we brought on makeup services. So, and I should say sugaring and skin. So we do facials as well and like a full, full gamut of skin services. So nails, sugaring, skin, and makeup are what we do at our our shop. Awesome. One of the things I like to ask people is, your kind of pay structure, how you work with your employees. And so I know some people are team-based pay, some people are commissioned, some people are hourly. So how are you structured to give people kind of a scope of where you're coming from when you're talking? Yeah, sure. So I have two different structures in my business. Um, So my nail team and my front desk team are all hourly. And I really did that because I wanted to encourage a team-based atmosphere. For me, doing research in the nail industry, most people are paid commission. But I've also seen a lot of instances where, number one, they feel like they're competing against each other mm-hmm. on the nail side. Yeah. And number two, people aren't as apt to help one another. And on the nail side, you really need that help. You run over, you need somebody to start your next um, client. So I really was adamant about doing hourly there. Now, on my skin and sugaring side, I do pay commission. Um, and that's worked out fine in that area. I just feel like they're two very different um, kind of industries. And so yeah. I want to have that separation there. And it's, it's proven to be effective. Yeah. I love that. Was there anything that people have told you to change? Like have people been like, Oh, you should change your pay structure or have you been happy with it? I've been happy. I felt pretty confident in the results that I've achieved from having this specific structure. And I think when I explain it, especially um, to my nail team as to why I'm hourly they understand it and they actually appreciate the fact that I'm creating that team-based atmosphere. Yeah. Do you think that it changes the client experience when people come in? I think so in the sense that no one hesitates to help one another. And I mean, I think that also goes into your hiring practices and who you bring on your team. Um, But also knowing that that's just a requirement in our space that everyone's going to help one another. I think the client sees that as, um, you know, there's just an an overarching sense of peacefulness, I think. There's no drama, which is nice. Oh, yeah. I'm a client of your business. And I, it's my favorite place that I've ever gotten my nails done because it's super, super peaceful. It's immaculately clean. And you can tell that everyone's helping each other. I've totally sat in observed places where you can see like pinpoint this like drama and you're like, what is wrong here? (laughs) I did not come here to see this. I did not come here to like see you guys going back and forth. And so I really, really love that about being a client of your business. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think 
people are very intuitive, especially on the client side. And if you walk in somewhere and you can just feel there's like a different energy, I think that affects your experience. So I always want people to feel super comfortable when they come and see mm-hmm. us. It's so, yeah, it's so important. So let's go ahead and dig into our topic today. So we're going to talk about just leaving insecurity, embracing courage in different places in our business. And I know for you, part of your transition, you said you've run into some things that are very different. Mm-hmm. And we've had these discussions about how, how entrepreneurship's just really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not for everyone and can really push on insecu- our insecurities. So when you transitioned from a more corporate environment to what you're doing now, what were some things that came to the surface for you that were a little shocking as far as insecurities go? Yeah, I mean, a lot because I was in a completely new industry that I had no experience in whatsoever. And so I think immediately out of the gate, I tasked myself with becoming an expert, even though, you know, that's impossible to do right at the beginning. I will say I did go to nail school and I got licensed in nails because it was important to me to know how to support my staff by understanding what their day-to-day is like. And so for me, that was, uh, you know, something that was challenging because it wasn't my background at all. Um, But I'm glad I did it. Beyond just being licensed in nails, I, you know, was very insecure in thinking that I needed to be an expert on every aspect of the business immediately, or somebody would find me out and be like, why are you running a business? What right do you have? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I was already coming into something, having no experience in the industry. So it was like doubly challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, So I quickly experienced burnout, I would say within the first year, because not only did I think I needed to be an expert on nails. I also needed to be an accountant. I needed to be a marketing expert. You know, I was telling myself I needed to be all these things. And so very quickly I realized, you know, that's the best way to get burned out is thinking you have to be perfect at everything. So I would say oh. those are the things I experienced. I'm sure as you're talking about burnout, like what did that look like in your life? Like when were you like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I have to do some outsourcing. I have to do some reorganization. <laughs> Um, It looked like chaos, I would say. I felt so bad for my family at home because I transitioned into this new business and this new industry because I thought it would bring a lot of calm to my life. I wasn't traveling anymore. You know, I was here. This is my home base. And I thought it would be way easier. Um, But, you know, I put a lot of that stuff on myself. And so I would, you know, bring it home as well because one thing I learned being an entrepreneur is if you think you're going to get like validation from your employees telling you that you're doing great, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you've got this, you're not. And so if you look for that there, you're going to be sadly disappointed. And so when you come home, I brought all of that with me and my poor spouse that had to listen to it. And you know, it was a lot, it was a lot for the first, I would say the first couple of years. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the bleed over, I think, too, between business and personal. And I, I mean, we've talked about this countless times, but I think both of us are very like, we can do it. Like we can do it. We can be the expert in everything. Like, look at how good I am at this, like whatever affirmation that we need or that we're looking for. And I think that we both have a very high standard of the way that things should be done. (laughs) So high, like the ultimate, yes. <laughs> and I think, I mean, for me personally, that comes from how I do. I think my of myself that way. Like my standard should be like, you know, up here. 
and that'll burn you out so fast. So, so, so fast. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're not serving anyone. Yeah. No. So as that started happening, as you started noticing the burnout, what was the first thing where you just dug your heels in and you were like, you know what, this isn't working and I need to make a change. Yeah. I mean, there were several things I would say in addition, you know, to taking on a lot of this education myself, I also had a business partner at the same time. So not only was I trying to prove myself to my employees and my clients, I was also, you know, I realized now trying to prove myself to my business partner and we weren't always in alignment on things. You know, she's a lovely person, but we just had different ideas on a lot of, um, you know, employee matters, that sort of thing. So I had that on me as well. You know, after about three years, I realized that for me to be able to go forward effectively, I really appreciated being able to make the decisions on my own without having to um, go to an outside an outside person, my business mm-hmm. partner. So we decided to split um, after three years of the business. And that has honestly brought me a ton of peace because now it's all on me, but I like that because I'm responsible for it and I can make the decisions. And if it, you know, succeeds great. And if it fails, that's on me too. And I can learn from it. So that actually, you know, I don't know how great of a segue that was, but (laughs) that really brought a lot of peace. I would say. I think there's a sense of vulnerability and honesty in there because I actually, in my last um, interview, her last episode, she has a business partner currently. I have a business partner and we were just talking about it either works or it doesn't. And you have mm-hmm. to make sure it's like a marriage or like a date, like dating someone. It's so there's times where you reach a point where you're like, either we're going to like figure this out or it's just going to be better for us to like live our own lives. And it's better for each person. And so like in my business partnership and you know, my business partner, we've had to really pick like what we're both good at. Yeah. Sometimes that's like, sometimes it's just not the best, you know, or it's great to be, to start something with someone and then it's time to move on. So besides that, cause I'm sure that was a transition as well, going from a partnership to a solo ownership. Yeah. And so were you able to, at the same time, as you went through that transition, be like, outsource some stuff and help deal with that burnout more? Or did you still try to take things on? Yeah. I mean, that was such an interesting time in my life in general. About six months before that, I had actually joined a local organization here, the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. And I went through their Catalyst program, which is an entrepreneurship program. It's basically like a mini MBA. You go to class every week over a period of six months so the class was amazing because although I had business back a business background, it wasn't while I was running a business. And so I think that confidence that was building in me from taking those classes um, gave me the courage to realize that maybe my partnership wasn't the best track for me. In addition to the classes, you also were put in a group of other entrepreneurs. And for me, that's been essential in terms of seeing that 
there are other people out there going through similar things that you are and you could bounce things off of them. And I think having that support, that was a great outside resource for me. And then I also saw all these other entrepreneurs that were using great accounts, had great marketing people. I saw and was able to get contacts for really good people that I could bring into my business to help support me. So I think all of that, especially having that peer group of other entrepreneurs was really essential for me to make some of those transitions. Yeah, that's so good. So in your business, do you have a practice where you can recognize burnout and realize like, okay, I'm taking on too much? What's that indicator for you? That's a great question. And for so many years, I lived in almost that fight or flight mentality, like business is just hard. It's just a fight to get through it. And I will say over this last year, I realized that's not how I want to live anymore. And it's not, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. So I think for me, when I stop enjoying what I'm doing, when I, you know, start to dread or, you know, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to deal with this right now. um, That's when I realize I need to stop, slow down, look at the situation and figure out how I can get some of that joy back. Because Mm -hmm. while I think owning a business, it's never all roses for the most part, you should enjoy what you're doing or else we can go back and work for somebody else. You right. Know? right. So for me, you know, it's been a daily practice of in the mornings, I just get up, I do my, you know, what I'm grateful for. Most of it's personal now. It used to all be business because that's all I would focus on all the time. I put a lot of emphasis on expanding my personal life a lot more and having the business part just be like a little added bonus. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to enjoy my life, you know, and that includes enjoying what I do and going to work every day. And I think a lot of that's, you know, translated over this last year, even though it's been a really tough year, but it's brought so many good things to my life as well. I think that the pause, some of us have had a required pause and it's made Mm -hmm. us really have to think and also be home with our families or be around maybe having to sit with ourselves, which is is always fun. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you love, like I'm someone that personally that I love to work and be busy. And sometimes that makes me push off things that I need to deal with. So I want to dig into something that you said though, about the belief of that business is just going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And so what made you all of a sudden realize that's what you believed? (laughs) Because I was miserable. (laughs) Um, Because I wasn't enjoying things and I was you know, just not looking forward to anything. And I think the big thing that shifted a lot for me was separating. I am not my business. And for so long, I had that identity that I was my business. And so if anything went wrong or, you know, somebody was upset, I felt that that was a personal attack on me. And once I was able to separate that, that's just one facet of my life. And it's not, it's not me, you know, that's not Karen. That's a whole other side. So I think having that separation was so freeing and necessary. And that was one of my big realizations that, you know, now if I get, you know, somebody's not happy, I can deal with it outside of it. It doesn't have to come and personally affect me. It's not going to um, affect my character or what I think about myself just because somebody wasn't happy with the nail service. And I used to not have that separation. Oh yeah. Would you go home and think about it? And Oh, it would be like a weekend long thing of no sleep, just dwelling on it. It was so personal to me. And I think even more so when I went from a partnership to a single owner, that was like doubly, 
for me. You know, I better yeah. make this work now. It's all on me. So having that realization that that's just a portion of my life, it doesn't necessarily reflect me personally was a huge factor. Mm-hmm. So if someone's really struggling with that, with that right now, that's listening, like if they're in that fear spiral, if they're going home and they've had, you know, one of their employees constantly has redos or something's not going quite right. Do you have advice for them to realize, I mean, what you just said about yourself is amazing, but what would you say to someone that's struggling with those insecurities right now? I think the first thing is to be aware if you are letting that experience affect how you feel about yourself. So having that awareness and being able to separate and say, oh, there's redos, you know, that sort of thing. That does not reflect me personally. Then I would just say separate, you know, what's the actual information versus any kind of drama that you're bringing to the situation. Because that's a huge factor, I think, as well. Just getting really down to brass tacks, what's the actual information and how do you solve it? The one thing that I've also realized being in business longer now is there's going to be ebbs and flows, good times and bad times. But I generally find that after you've gone through a really hard time, like the best stuff is right behind it. And sometimes you have to make decisions where you you know, end one relationship, but that just opens yourself up to have something that's even more amazing than you had before. Mm -hmm. That's so good. In that vein, what has been the most rewarding? Because those decisions that you made personally to not affect, you know, the business, to not take it home, to not feel those insecurities, that overflows on your employees that changes your culture. So what has that looked like? How have you seen that? So, so much. (laughs) Now I feel like every employee that worked for me before that time, I need to go back and apologize. Um, Oh, oh, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I've definitely been like, I'm so sorry. I was in a rut. That was rough. And they're like, we know. Yeah. 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 We We didn't like you. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, it is, it has been just the hugest difference, Lauren. Like I never knew that I could have such ease within my team. Like I didn't even mm. think it was possible. You know, I'm just like, well, this is this is a business. This is the industry. It's always going to be, you know, challenging with working with women. It does not have to be that way anymore. And I think um, the other thing is not taking your employees. I don't want to say issues or what's going on in their life personally. I think that's the other thing. You know, if somebody would leave before, I would take it so personally. Like, what did I do wrong? You don't like me, you know? And now I've completely realized that people are at different stages in their lives. And if if they need to make a transition, now I am so happy for them. And I want to support them in any way because I know that's going to be a better business business decision as well. For anybody that doesn't want to be in the space anymore, please let me help you get to your next place. I'll be so happy to do so. Yeah, that is so amazing that you can even say that because I think that really shows us when we can authentically make those decisions because I feel like people tell us as owners to do those types of things all day long because of how it looks or how our business will appear, we're like coached to do that. But when it can authentically flow out of you because of, because you worked on you, because you're more secure in yourself, it's so different and people can tell. Yeah. That's the part. I mean, when we're that close, you can't spin it, you know? 
Yeah, no, and I never want to. I mean, that's been the other thing over these years. Like, I only want to behave authentically. And you can say that in the beginning, but really, if you've got so much fear behind everything, you know you're not being authentic. Um, at this stage, it's just that's my only answer and my only option. I only want to be an authentic person. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, it just depends <laughs> on how it comes out, but it's the only way I want to be. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback from your team? Have they said something feels different or it feels better in here? Or has there been anything that people have noticed? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I've gotten like direct feedback, like you're way nicer now or anything. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. But I feel like I've always been, I've always been nice, you know, but it didn't always come from the most authentic place. Now I feel like it can go beyond nice. I can actually develop relationships with my employees. You know, I'm always very careful. I never want to be friends with them. Um, mm -hmm. Not that I don't respect them. I just think that's a different relationship. But I do feel now that I can open up a bit more and be a little bit more vulnerable with them um, while still having a professional distance. Um, mm -hmm. But it has caused our relationships to grow. And my biggest hope is that they feel supported in whatever you know, and whatever that is, whether they're with me or they need to move to their next place, I want them to feel truly supported because I really want to support them. That's awesome. Well, I think that's it for today. That was some really good meaty. I hope <laughs> so. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so for everyone that's listening, where can they find you online? What's the name of your business? What's your Instagram handle? Sure. So my business is Poppy and Monroe. And so online it's Poppy, A-N-D, Monroe, M-O-N-R-O-E.com. And it's at Poppy and Monroe on our Instagram handle. And yeah, I mean, if any of this is valuable to you, I'm so glad. I hope it wasn't, you know, rambling too much, but I'm happy to answer any questions and any support that I can provide to any other entrepreneurs out there. I want to do it because I know it's challenging. And I think having that support from other people that are in the same situation as you is really helpful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what this is all about. Like, I want as many people as possible to hear other entrepreneurs' stories. Because there's such a sense of comfort and being like, oh, I'm not alone. Totally. <laughs> I'm not alone. I can be honest with people. I can talk about how I don't feel like I belong here or whatever yeah. is going on. So... Well, thank you so much for being a part of this today, Karen. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again. There were so many great points in this episode that we could discuss. The biggest one for me was when Karen decided that her business didn't need to be hard. That her personal and professional lives were going to be two different things and she wasn't going to believe anymore that this was the way it was always going to be. If you find yourself in that place, if you are taking things personally, up all night, really struggling, I would love to talk with you. You can head to leadtothink.com and book an intro session in my calendar and we'll take 45 minutes and go over what's working and what's not working in your business and what the path forward looks like for you. And if you're ever in Nashville, visit Karen's business. It's called Poppy and Monroe. It's in the Germantown area of the city and book ahead because they are in high demand. I promise that you'll have an amazing experience.
It was great to share this story with you and I'll see you in the next episode.